Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to the Off the Bench Podcast, episode 19. Uh, how you doing today, Jason? Doing well, doing well. Yeah, doing, uh, there's a lot going on right now, man. We just, uh, we're recording this just, uh, what, two hours after, a couple hours after the state basketball brackets came out? Yeah. So we got a lot to talk about today. We've had some, uh, we've crowned a bunch of no, new state, or valley champions, section champions. Yep. Here for basketball and uh, had some big baseball news. So a lot of lots been going on the last couple of days. No, yeah, there's a lot crazy going on. Um, just basketball, just crazy weekend. Um, now you got state playoffs and we're adding all these uh, single A, double A, triple A, all these different <laughs> abbreviations. And, yeah, there's a um, there's a lot of divisions in the state I brackets. Think, yeah, this is you know something new that they're doing with the state basketball. I think it's just they can get as games many games in as quickly as possible, which what it's fine. You know, yeah. nobody wants to be playing high school basketball in July for state. So I totally understand that. Yeah, and and we're calling it state playoffs here but it's it's really the socal region yeah because norcal's not participating. a lot of a lot of the norcal te- sections didn't play yeah. and there's just a lot less going on up there so so it is it's it's the state that we have this year so yeah and it's yeah you know kids are still going to be able to play there's three games um so yeah. well and you compare it to any other state in the country most of these state title state champion teams across the country are like it's like playing for a valley championship right like yeah so no. it is it's, it's going to be a lot of com- a lot of competition uh, it should be really fun to watch. So no, yeah, and you know, there's gonna be a lot of good games, a lot of good teams, um, a lot of good high school players coming to the Central Valley, yeah, to play. And um, you know, we got a lot of teams that are hosting, which is always cool and exciting. Love that. So you know, bring uh, bring some more notoriety to the Central section in regards to basketball. So yeah, and I was wondering too. Uh, the first round is on June 15th, actually, the day this this episode comes out, and that's the day the governor was supposed to like loosen restrictions again so i wonder if a lot of these games might just be fully open possibly yeah so it'll be interesting to see i think a lot of um i think it's kind of a lot of things are starting to open up in regard to that anyways getting getting easier and easier yeah um but yeah so yeah it'll be it'll be fun it'll be exciting um clovis west is doing a double header yeah boy that's girls at five o'clock and i think the boys game at eight o'clock yeah so. so that'll be fun and exciting um that's where I'm gonna try to be. I'm gonna try to go catch both of those. Yeah, you can go to one gym and catch two games. That that sounds like the place to be. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. And then it's, I'm interested to see you know, our teams really at their full. Full strength going into this because you know, um, like we talked with Jaden. Yeah, he are, he he gone. Yeah, I saw his Instagram. He's already at Rice. Yeah, so you know, and you just wonder, you know, that's at Rice. There's you know a lot of these kids in state playoffs. There, a lot of Division One players out there. Yep. playing on these teams and are they going to be around and so it'll yeah it'll be it'll be quite interesting to see how this all goes and so but no yeah it's it's pretty cool pretty exciting um like bakersfield christian congratulations garrett brown yeah congratulations Two to times. Garrett. back to back yeah got it done they're hosting i think the probably the coolest thing i liked about this and this is the one thing like sound arena is cool it is awesome but the one thing you don't do at selling that i thought was i enjoy is the, the nut cut cutting down the net? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think that's the one thing that's enjoyable. Um, if there's somehow some way you could have that. I was wondering too. I mean, selling selling is great, right? You got you love being able to go and sit yeah. and catch a bunch of games and, and whatnot. But there's enough time. They just need they need to let the, let these teams cut the nets down. Just no, nah, man. Ain't enough time. There's the net cutting ceremony takes like 30, 40 minutes, man. It's a long process. I was I was there at Clovis West the other night for the girls. Man, that is a that, long process. They had that thing done in less than ten minutes. That thing is a long process. After the game's over, you got to give it. Like you got to understand when the game ends, you have the presentations of the trophies. Yeah. Like it's not like hey, you cut down the nets. It's the whole presentation of the trophies. You have then set up the ladders. You cut like I'm telling you, when the game ended yeah. from when the game ended to when they were done, that's about forty five minutes. It's yeah. a thirty to forty five minute process. Yeah, you're right. What you're what right. they could do though is do. Like in Selling Arena, the, the portable baskets, if you had two other ones and you can just cycle through, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You move. Because what if you can then somehow, like there's an area where you can, all right, we have the, the hoops, the game's won, you then transfer and change the hoops. Oh, yeah. And then now the hoops that they're in, now off to the side, like right where the stage is, now you have that little cutting down ceremony right there where the other two teams are warming up. Yeah. That, that right there might be able to that, work out. That could work, yeah. That could work out yeah. there. It'd be it'd definitely be worth it. It's a cool moment, you know. Yeah. It, that's been the one cool thing about having these games in the home gyms and just being able to see those teams do that. When I saw Clovis West girls do it, I was like, oh, I, that's really cool. So yeah, and yeah. so that's the crazy thing is like before Sound Arena, that's what you know. Every you win it, you would cut down the nets and everything like that. And so yeah, I saw Garrett Brown. He cut down the nets. I was all you know. So yeah, yeah, I I saw that was a really video. Cool. That was cool. Yeah. Again, congrats to Garrett. Yeah, I uh, love seeing these guys that we've been able to chat with and, you know, have have success. I was wondering, too, Garrett told us in his episode that his his uh, remember, his wife gave him two years to come back and coach. That's true. So I wonder what's going to so what's going to happen. There. We have one more guaranteed game. See how he does. With yeah. That. Um, I wonder if he's been able to convince his wife yet to. Uh, I'm just saying if he stick it out, he wins two state championships. Yeah. I mean, he's already got two two section. Titles. Yeah. And you win two state championships. It's kind of hard to leave. BCHS could be begging him to stay. It might be hard to leave. BCH would have to throw that bag at him. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it's – my man's walking off. You know, like, ain't nobody gonna, nobody's going to do what he did as a head coach. Exactly. Come and pop in for two years and – Yeah. Dude, yeah. That's and then, a heck of a run, so. Yeah, and then you were uh, – there's a stat you were talking about, about with Fowler. Fowler, your, D, your boys Division Five champion. Uh, dude. First section title since 1916, 105 years. People have been talking about the Red Sox, talking about the Cubs. People need to talk about them Fowler Red Cats. Right, the Red Cats, dude. 105 years, broke the streak. You know, they were uh, they were in the finals last year. You had a little something to do with their heartbreak. I actually had nothing to do with it. I didn't <laughs> score one basket. I did nothing. You, so that's, you were on the sideline. I was when, on the sideline. When Fowler got taken down in double yeah. overtime. But no, yeah, they, you know, they, they were a good team. They brought a yeah. lot of people back, so we kind of understood this. I feel bad, Waddy, Ryan Watt. I feel bad, but I know, I know, Sierra's. You know, they lost by four to Fowler. Yeah. Sierra will be back. Ryan Watt's an unbelievable coach, unbelievable person. He'll get that program back. Kind of like, kind of probably very similar to what Fowler was against us. Yeah. You know, I can see Sierra being that team there. So, um, but yeah, and then Bullard had a close game against Central. Yeah. So yeah, it's. 
D1 champion, Bullard Knights. Yeah, so it's a lot of great games, man. A lot of great games. Um, and then even the Opens, we had the third place games uh, for Clovis North, Clovis West. That was down to the wire. You know, maybe if you have just a little bit more time, you know, maybe it's a different game. Um, Carruthers bounce back. Yeah, Carruthers girls bounce back, got an open division win. Yeah. So they're your third place team. And uh, I thought that was big, just kind of solidifies that, you know, they were one of the best teams in the Valley, yeah. even though they it didn't go their way in the first round. Yeah. But. And, you know, yeah, close high, you know, they competed there. But, yeah, it's it's good to see these different teams win. And yeah. so, yeah, you know, first of all, just congratulations to all those teams that won. And also best of luck to all those teams that are in, you know, for state playoffs and, you know, got three more games and go take care of business. Hopefully we, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're talking about all the different state champions we coming out of this section. Yeah, it'd be big time. It'd be awesome. I do uh, – I feel bad for our guy, Tazel. He uh, – I was there at that game, man. I, the poem was good, man. The poem was good. They got hot in the fourth quarter and hit a bunch of shots. That overtime. That's always a tough way to lose. Yeah, it's a tough way to lose. I think, to me, those refs, I, I think I'd like it if the refs got together and talked about it a little bit. It The shot looked late to me. Um, okay. But still, that doesn't guarantee a hoover win. It would have just sent it to another overtime. Yeah. But it, they were really hurt in overtime because A.J. George missed – 90% of that overtime. He was cramping up really bad. Ooh, not good. And so he, he scored the tying bucket coast to coast at the end of regulation. But aren't they in the state playoffs? Yeah, they are. So, yeah, yeah. so they're still – I don't know I don't know if he expected to get that, but they are. They did make okay. it. Okay, so that's interesting to see. Yeah. They took three D3 teams, so. That's good. Hey, yeah. go on, you know, I don't think you're crying about a section if you go win that state championship. Yeah, so. and, but again, how when does AJ have to report? I mean, yeah, who knows? So yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. So, but they uh got to give a shout out to that that game against Napomo. AJ went off too. He had his usual game, but uh what's his name? Uh Ivy Ruff. They, he was unstoppable that night. So, he was uh he was really good. So, hopefully he can keep that going and maybe maybe go get make a run in the state playoffs. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then got to give Chris St. Joe's a good team, man. Solid team. They're very good. Really, really, really good team. Yeah. I was so. there for that game. Got it. Watched them. Uh, it was a really, really competitive game. Um, they just that Sam Bazunga kid is is really tough down low. Yeah, and that was kind of a difference maker for for St. Joseph. No, yeah, and uh, kind of they went on that run in the third quarter. Yeah, and that's really that was the difference of the game. Yeah, the shout part. out to our guy Jaden Grone. He almost single handedly brought him back in the fourth quarter. He had some two threes. Had like an and one. Yeah, I think he had three. Th- three threes in the fourth or something and and an and one and and hit a couple free throws too yeah. and he had i think 10 or 11 fourth quarter points and just about brought him back by himself yeah and but, you know guys he won three out of four section championships yeah he's he's doing he okay open outstanding player so hey man that's it, not a bad high school career yeah no kidding we saw his instagram the other day he's already Already reported Saturday yep. at, at Rice, so uh, he's already moving on to bigger and better things. Yeah, so, so you know, wish him the best of luck. And yeah. but um, yeah, so that's crazy. And then baseball, man, baseball playoffs. Told you, we talked about this. Baseball players are gonna be wild because anything can happen, man. Anything can happen. It's a single game elimination, depending on which arms you have throwing. It, and how do you strategize that? Right? Do you throw your ace in the first round? Do you try to win the first round and without your ace? How do you you know how do you do it? So. I saw a couple things happened, you know. Uh, Madera South, number one seed in D four, they tried to save their ace, yeah, and uh, didn't work out for them. They got they got upset. So we had 
we had several of those big first round upsets. Um, most notably, San Joaquin Memorial. That was rough. Yeah, like San Joaquin Memorial, they lost to San Luis Obispo. Yeah, fifteen two matchup. The cannon almost not got knocked off. They're uh, that that thanking God for uh, for Sky Collins, man. Yep. Came in came in clutch. Two Clut- run walk off. Clutchest moment of his life. And if you haven't seen that video, that is the fastest. He ran the bases like he was trying to hit it, like he hit it inside the park home run. Yeah, well, he didn't know it was gone. Oh, he didn't know it was gone? I don't think he knew it was gone because it barely squeaked out. And so he all the way to second base, he he did, he did was almost to second base before he realized it was a home well, run. Well, I'm trying to think. I remember uh, you see the video where the third base coach is like jumping up and down when he yeah. sees it and the kid's going back to tag. But, yeah, he, my man, he ran them bases like he, he was trying to – go inside the park home run it was the fastest home run shot i've ever yeah. seen but no it's uh right like buchanan the top the second seed three seed and four seed they gone yeah yeah somehow um, clovis high man they just always make a run of the semis at least no yeah and so they'll play they play liberty at liberty yeah and then you have buchanan against stockdale yep and stockdale's you know their state ranked team yep so anything can go with that and yeah, that Buchanan Stockdale is probably the place to be. I'm gonna pro- probably try to make a an effort to get to that one. So yeah, so it could be we can have a all Clovis matchup. We can have an all Bakersfield matchup. We can have a split and split. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how. It's always kind of nice when we get that Fresno Bakersfield matchup in the championship. Yeah, so but, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that was uh, you know, I'm really glad. I'm I'm hoping Buchanan can can keep it going. Because this is the first year they're going to have, you know, we talked about basketball going to the state level with that SoCal regional. Yeah. Baseball's never done that before. They're finally this year getting to do that. So hopefully, you know, Buchanan's generally thought to be our best, our best team here from the Valley. So hopefully they can keep it going and, you know, maybe go down and win a state title. Talking about Buchanan baseball, did you see Brock Jones? Oh my gosh. Three. Karen Stanford to uh, College World Series. Three home runs in one yeah. game. Single-handedly just said, we're well, going to kinda, Omaha. Did I put Buchanan? I know he – like, there's an asterisk to Buchanan. Like, <laughs> he spent more years – At Clovis North. Yeah, like, yeah. but – It's it's crazy what happened because, you know, he was a two-sport guy. He was playing uh, football at yeah. Stanford as well, but now he's focused – Yeah, this kid's going to get paid. He's focused just he's on baseball. He's unbelievable. He's going to get paid. And it's, it's one of those things – that's the one thing – about baseball, college baseball, that kind of annoying that you can't enter the draft until your junior year. Yes. So that's the thing that's kind of like, it's almost. Yeah, there's some ways around that if you go the junior college yeah, route. Like, so a lot of times guys will go JUCO. Like, it's crazy because like in baseball, you can get drafted like five times. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is, you know, depending on where you want to go. But yeah, it's like he's so hot right now that it's almost this is where he needs to somehow if he can enter the draft because you don't know what's going to happen in two years but he's a is he a sophomore he might be a sophomore yeah, yeah. so he's got to he's at least he's got to wait one more year that's what i'm saying like yeah. if it's like almost do you somehow i don't know if there's find a loophole to get out of it because my man's just hitting bombs and yeah three in one game i think he now has 17 on the year 16 yeah. on the year or something that's crazy so yeah so it's one of those things that, yeah hopefully he can figure it out but yeah, hopefully it'll be fun to watch College World Series now. Got a yeah. little, got a little local flair there. Mm-hmm. Rooting on Stanford. Yeah, we had it. We actually had that with the women's College World Series too. There was uh, Georgia was there. Okay. And they had Sydney Kuma, who was a Carruthers Washington Union grad. Okay. So, she's a sophomore. Uh, 
power hitter for the Georgia Bulldogs okay. on the softball team, and uh, they didn't win at all. But no, yeah, I saw Oklahoma win. Yeah, they still again. Yeah, Oklahoma is just since 2010. I saw like they've won like four championships, College World Series championships. For it's almost unfair because it's they, in Oklahoma City. It's in Oklahoma City. They get a little bit of an advantage there. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it doesn't. You know, Omaha. There's no Nebraska. Doesn't always no doesn't, doesn't do it in baseball. So yeah, you still got to get there. But yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun. College World Series. Brock Jones. College World Series is amazing, anyways. So yeah, it's always fun to watch. Yeah, and then also. The Euros for soccer. I've been watching that. Have watched, you? I've been. Yeah, I'm. It's weird. I only watch soccer. The only time I watch soccer is legitimately during like the World Cup and Euros. Yeah, it's got to have team. Like I watch Team USA stuff. I don't watch Team USA. I uh, like. I saw them beat Mexico the other day. Yeah, and even then, I only watch the highlights. And I actually watched. I watched the end. Saw the PK or like the penalty kick, and USA guy made it. The Mexico guy missed it. But then I'm like, only in America, like. Like what is the United States like the twentieth best team in the world? Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like nothing. I'm just like I like you know I like soccer, but like I want to watch a good product and nothing against the United States. (laughs) Like I watch like I since I started watching soccer, the one team I watch is France. Mm. I've been on that France bandwagon for years since I was in uh, eighth grade when I really didn't know anything about soccer. Got a French last name. That's kind of why I picked them. That's (laughs) literally why I picked them. But. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I've watched the Euros and I've been watching that and watched it this morning, been watching it, All right. you know, and so I have not been doing that. Yeah. It's, it, that's one, the one thing I love about the Euro soccer, there's a game on every day, like all day because it's yeah. where it's at and just the time difference. There's just games on. That's the one thing I, I was like, there's always sporting events and you know, like baseball, there's not baseball games on all day. Yeah. You know, there's basketball playoffs, you know, it's like. You know, I need sports, man. I can only watch Sports Center and all those shows. It becomes repeat. Yeah, I hear stuff. you. So yeah. I'm on summer vacation, man. I got to enjoy. Yeah, I've been I've been enjoying it lately too. Um, haven't been watched on TV much, but I've been trying just about every day to get out to some sort of high school game. It's rare that we have all this stuff lasting into summertime, but yeah, you know, it's been fun. I went out. I made it. I caught Clovis West girls. Went in the uh, went in the, the open division there, and then. Uh, I actually got got to go out and watch my alma mater play uh, Madeira High at, at Fresno High play baseball. Yeah, so that was good. Little playoff game there. Uh, Madeira High took took down the win there, eleven to two, I think it was. So poor uh, Jason Pappy didn't uh, didn't quite go his way there, but had yeah. to get out and support my guy my guy Saldati and and the Coyotes out there. So that was always fun. And, uh, it's been, there's, I love it. This summertime having all this stuff to go to. So, yeah, no, that's cool. And, you know, I just thought, about, you know, we have two of our people on our fellow podcast, one championships. That's always a good thing with Campbell and, uh, Garrett. So yeah, yeah. Garrett got it, got it done there and Campbell got a championship. So Campbell always gets championships though. And even more than that, you know, Vance didn't win it, but he's going to the state playoffs yeah. and Tazel's going to the state playoffs yeah. and, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there, so it's gonna be a next the next next two weeks or so are gonna be a lot of fun. So, yeah. yeah well, uh, all right. Off the bench, episode uh, nineteen. Yep. We got a uh, we're going football today. Yeah. Uh, we got a like Clovis High alum. Yeah. Uh, played football at Fresno State. I'm gonna guess that a lot of people f- maybe forgot about this guy. No. Yeah. yeah like he's. He was athlete of the year at Clovis High, and I'm talking about athletes with like Chris Patrick, right? Yeah. Who's Clovis High baseball coach, played baseball at Fresno State. 
got Steven Spock, who's at that school, played football in the NFL, uh, played at Fresno State, played in the NFL. Um, right, there's a lot of talented athletes that came out of that Clovis High year, but uh, Ryan Gutierrez went on to play football at Cal. You know, just a lot of different guys. And But, yeah, Jazz, uh, three-sport athlete, which you don't see very often. Unbelievable football player, very good wrestler, very good baseball player. Talks about playing on those two national championship baseball teams. Um, but, yeah, goes to Fresno State. And then, right, he's now the head coach at Western Colorado and had the coach Danny Woodhead. Yeah, he's coached some big-time dudes. And then Austin Eckler. And I don't know any Division II football players that have made a bigger name in the NFL than those two guys. And my man is, you know, he has coached them both. Um, and they has some local talent on the Western Colorado team. And so, it's you know, it's good. And Jazz is, a bro- Jazz is like my older brother. So, to be able to get him on this. and so. Yeah, it was fun talking to him. So, uh, you know, Clovis High grad, Fresno State alum, and the current head coach of the Western Colorado football team, Mr. Yeah. Jazz Baines. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. We'll get out there right now. Episode 19. Off the bench. All right, off the bench podcast. Jason, how we doing today? Doing, doing fabulous today. Doing fabulous. Yeah, we're uh, you're gonna jump back into the football world with this one. Yeah, this is actually probably I'm probably the most excited about this one. Um, this is. It's an absolute honor to interview this person. Uh, this is this is straight family here. This is my big bro. Uh, this is um, this is literally like my brother. And this is a person like I grew up idolizing and um, took me under my under his wing. And you know, um, his brother is my best friend. His brother was my uh, best man in my wedding. And so um, this dude is definitely family. So uh, yeah, Jazz Baines, Western Colorado head football coach out of Gunnison, Colorado. Jazz, how we doing today? Good man, thank you guys for uh, getting me on here, and uh, appreciate you guys taking the time to to talk a little bit today. Yeah, we're excited. You know, it's our first uh, first time we've talked to a head coach at the at the next level, at least. You know, besides high school coaches, so so that's exciting for us. Uh, absolutely, it's uh, it's always nice to talk some football and do it over the summer, and and um, you know get a chance to talk to you guys. So it's good stuff. Definitely appreciate it. So. My man, Jazz, football coach. You were always, I don't know, we go back to, you know, you're a Clovis High grad, you're a Fresno native, um, right? You know, you're now, and I think your 10th year, right? You just finished your 10th year at Western Colorado? Kinda lost, yeah, yeah, I kind of lost track. I've been head coach <laughs> here since um, 2011. Okay. So I think I'm going on my 10th year as head coach, yeah. Okay, so you've been in Colorado for quite a bit. But let's go back to our good old Clovis High days. Cheers. All right, all right. Clovis High days. Um, graduate of Clovis High in two thousand. Unbelievable athlete, um, three sport athlete. Right, you're an amazing football player, amazing wrestler. Um, right, you played baseball on some unbelievable baseball teams. Was football always your favorite sport growing up? You know, I think so. You know, it's uh, it's the one that uh, you know, obviously, just growing up. My daddy sticks to a lot of Fresno State games, you know, when I was a kid. And, and um, you know, I guess that's the sport that got watched in our house a lot. And that's the sport that, you know, essentially, you know, got taken to a lot of sporting events. And, and that's the one that I always wanted to see, you know. And then, you know, obviously just growing up, 
in that area, you know, obviously wrestled and played baseball and, and did all those things, you know, as well. But, um, you know, I would say that was primarily, you know, at that age, you know, that's probably what I wanted to do. Um, you know, on the back end of high school, when, you know, you're looking at schools and some of those things, I had an opportunity to go wrestle at a few places and I just, I, that's not what I wanted to do in college. I couldn't see myself doing that for the next four to five years and wanted to go down the path of obviously trying to compete uh, in football. So now talking about you guys as football team, I remember, you know, you graduated <laughs> in 2000 it was that 99 football team. You guys went on to win the section championship. Um, you guys lost the heartbreaker to Buchanan on a field goal. But, yeah. but I remember that that team was unbelievably talented and loaded. You know, you had you and Ryan Gutierrez in the secondary. You had Chris Sims, Lenny McCormick out on, you know, receiver. You had Chris Patrick just slanging that thing. And you, know, you even had guys like Steven Spock who, you know, went on to go play in the NFL. But in high school, you know, if you would have – people would have asked who's the guy to go to the NFL, I don't think he would have been the first guy mentioned. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it was uh... – you know, it was a pretty special time. You know, I think that class was good and not just because that's the one I'm in. Just, I mean, there's a lot of athletes that came out of that class and, you know, you get a multiple, you had multiple sport athletes. They weren't just all football guys, you know, and, and, you know, that's the thing, you know, you reference roughly a little bit over 20 years ago now, you know, where everybody was a dual sport, um, athlete, three sport athlete. I mean, everybody was just playing sports and I mean, heck, we were good at a lot of them, you know, and that's because there was a lot of crossover between athletes and it wasn't sports specific stuff. And, um, you know, you have, you know, you look at that group in 99 and I'll even reference maybe a little bit more of that, maybe that junior class that was underneath us. I mean, a lot of guys went on and played in college in some capacity, some sport, whether it be baseball, whether it be football, whether they wrestled, whether they played basketball, you know, you had a lot of those guys in that two-year group, um, you know, I guess the 2000 grads and the 01 grads that just did a lot of sports. So, heck, it was a lot of fun, you know, and, and we were good at a lot of things. And, and obviously, the more success you have and, and those things, obviously, more people want to play and be a part of it and, and do that. But we just had a great group. You know, it was fun to get, you know, heck, get Lenny and Chris out there, you know, that last year. And those guys were you know, I know Lenny played the whole time, but like getting Chris out there and, you know, as you know, Jason, shoot, we, we all grew up in the same area from when we were, you know, seven, eight years old. Yeah. And to have him come out his senior year and play football after being, you know, somewhat of a star basketball player, you know, and, and, you know, basically him and Lenny kind of one, two punch in the Valley as far as receivers went. And both those guys signed at Fresno state coming out of high school and, and uh, who would have thought, you know, I mean, you know, that's Chris Sims and nothing taking nothing away from Chris. I mean, he was an unbelievable athlete, but, you know, heck, you thought he was going to play basketball his whole life, <laughs> you know, until the end. And, and uh, you know, so you just had a lot of guys like that. You know, you got Ryan and, and then Chris Patrick, you know, goes on and plays baseball at Fresno State, minor leagues, all those. I mean, there's just a lot of things with that group that, um, you know, I think it, it, the group made it special, I guess, so. No, yeah, definitely. And you, I, I gotta give a shout out for our neighborhood because our neighbor people, I think, sleep on like our area that we grew up in. You know, like, sure. you know, we, you grew up in that area. We had Seth Solis, um, you know, yeah. Chris Sims, Kevin Sims, Lenny McCormick was around the corner. Uh, Deshaun Stevenson, yeah. you know, Adam Matcham, and then Philip Matcham. Yeah. You know, like, you look at just some of the, you know, 
the athletes that we just grew up that we were just around on an everyday basis, just, you know, growing up playing in the streets and doing some other extra co-curricular activities off the streets. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but we were the best of the best when it came to both of those. Um, but no, you know, it was just, yeah, it's, I just, I remember looking at, and you know, your guys' class, I think one of the coolest things was that um, with my class, my graduating class with your brother in it, um, you know, a lot of us, we had older siblings in your class or the year above. Yeah. And, right. you know, we, it was one of those things that we kind of idolized and looked up, you know, and you guys kind of paved that way for our class who was, you know, we were pretty successful as well in athletics, maybe not as successful as you guys were, but, you know, you guys kind of paved that way for us. And, um, now we talk a little bit about football, but, you know, wrestling, you were no slouch in wrestling. You kind of talked about earlier, you had, you know, wrestling offers out of high school and just talk about that mental approach wrestling for Clovis high. You know, at that time it was pretty much state championship or bust. Sure. (laughs) Um, you know, it's just, again, you know, I hate referencing this and I will, and I'm going to make one comment at the end, <laughs> but, uh, you know, same thing, you know, Steve Terrapelli's our wrestling coach and, you know, you get some new guy comes in and everybody hates him and that's exactly what happened. You know, I mean, nobody liked the guy and, you know, obviously, you know, coach Terrapelli's a dear friend of mine. Obviously I still, you know, consider him a mentor for me and we still keep in contact and all those things pretty regularly. But, uh, you know, I mean, he flipped that program upside down, you know, and, and, they went from being maybe average or good to, to be, you know, the state power during that time. And, you know, we go from, you know, taking fifth, third, second, you know, when I was a senior in the state, um, you know, as a team, which was a pretty quick turnaround, you know, I mean, it's, they, they basically go one year and they're, you know, essentially in the top five real quick. And then obviously they rattle off, you know, state championship after state championship, you know, after that. But, um, you know, he brought a whole new dynamic there, you know, and I had a chance, you know, obviously Ryan Gutierrez wrestled and was a phenomenal wrestler. You know, he just had a couple injuries that always haunted him here, you know, when it came to the postseason stuff and hurt his knee one year. I think he broke his ankle one year. Otherwise, I mean, heck, the guy would have been top three if not winning a state championship, you know, throughout his career there as well. And then, you know, Clint Walbeck, um, you know, wins a state championship. I think took second one year. You know, so there's just a lot of guys, you know, a lot of carryover guys, you know, and a lot of guys that had played football, um, you know, as well that were always wrestling, you know, during that same same time period. And, and so, you know, it's, you know, you get the Terrapelli's in, Alex is there, and obviously he sets the bar as a young guy all of a sudden winning state championships as a sophomore. And, you know, they kind of set the tone for that, that program. And, I mean, heck, they never looked back. You know, and it was just every year they set some accolade as far as, you know, points scored, most state champions, three-time state champions, four-time state champions. I mean, they continued to do that essentially for a decade or longer even, you know. And, and um, it was tough, though, man. I tell you, Steve Terrapelli, I mean, he knows how to get things going. He had a great staff in place, and, and uh, he demanded a lot, expected a lot, and didn't, quite frankly, didn't put up with anything less, you know. And, and he was the right guy for that job, and – you know, obviously did that for, I don't know, 20 years or whatever he did and, and just did an incredible job coaching down there and got kids to buy in. And, and um, you know, that's what made it special. You know, we all felt like, you know, we were all committed to it in the same same way. So we all worked, you know, just as hard. And, and uh, you know, it was easy to do when you have a bunch of guys in the wrestling room doing that. And um, as far as me, you know, I mean, I enjoyed wrestling. You know, there was moments I wanted to, you know, hang up the shoes and, stop wrestling as well because it was tough you know and then 
you know, heck, my dad always told me, he's like, well, you start something, you're going to finish it no matter what. And there was a moment, you know, I think I was going into my junior year or sophomore year. And I was like, I, this is not what I want to do. And, um, you know, my dad turns around and goes, no, no, you started it. You're going to finish it, you know? And so lo and behold, you keep plugging away and, you know, you do it for the next four years and it kind of was what it was. I just, at a state championship level, I think, you know, I think if I would have focused on, on wrestling, I probably could have been a little bit better at it. Um, just, just going out late, you know, maybe I wasn't as talented as some of the other guys that were in the room that were Google sport. You know, I just ran into, you know, guys that wrestled all year as far as some of the weight classes I was in. So that, I mean, quite frankly, they were just better than I was and I was competitive, but, um, you know, and did all right, you know, I, you know, placed in the Valley and all those things. But when it came to that state championship, um, you know, just didn't do as well. No, yeah, good Mohan. Cannot gotta give a shout yeah. out to your pops. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. and then you know you, you played baseball as well. Like, what was that? You know, you played for you know Coach Patrick and you know those teams. Yeah. You know, they were competing for national championships <laughs> when you were in high school. Yeah. You know, it was neat. Um, you know, you you called up when you're a freshman and sophomore, and you know, essentially, I think they expand their roster and. Obviously, I'd known Coach Patrick for a long time. You know, Chris and I were the same age. And, you know, so obviously I'd been around him for quite a few years. But, um, you know, what an honor to go up there and play with the, the, those two groups, you know, when I was a freshman and sophomore, because there's no way I should have been playing with those guys. Now, you know, ultimately I got a chance to go up and see what the playoff thing was about, what Clovis baseball was about, you know, when I was, whatever that is, 13 years old at that point, 14 years old, and, you know, you, you want to talk about some phenomenal players, man. I mean, I mean, it was ridiculous seeing those guys and how they prepared and what they did. And, the, and they, quite frankly, there's a reason they're ranked number one in the country for two years in a row there. Um, you know, the players that came out and the work ethic that they had, you know, was just, it was kind of neat to see, you know, a, a Tony Guzman, you know, that played center field and he went on and played at Fresno state afterward, if I remember right. But, uh, you know, you want to talk about a guy that kind of showed you how to do things. I mean, he was as blue collar as they came and, and the time and effort commitment to being good at his craft and seeing that as a 13 year old, 14 year old kid was unbelievable, you know, seeing some of those things. So, you know, it was, it was fun to be a part of those teams. And, you know, I got, to, I got in and got to steal a couple bases and, and, you know, some of those things and, basically every game. I think I scored in every game during that two year run when coach Patrick put me in. So it was a lot of fun and young guy don't know signals. Don't, don't any of those things. And, and coach camp was a first base coach and he just looked at me and he go, you're going to second, you know, and we just laughed about it years later where, you know, just as a young guy coming up and you're just doing that for, you know, kind of a playoff run, you know, heck, they didn't spend time teaching you hand signals and those things. They just told you to go to the next base when they wanted you to go and, that's kind of what was going on, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, that, that two year stretch when I was a freshman and sophomore, I think that varsity team that I had a chance to, to, you know, get brought up to, uh, for playoffs, I think they went 64 and four or something, you know, for that two year run. So obviously Chris Patrick is in that group, you know, starting shortstop for four years. I mean, just some unbelievable things as far as, you know, the groups that they had there. So Oh yeah, you know, and then yeah, it's just unbelievable. Just I remember just the dogpiling after them winning yeah. it, and just guys coming yeah. out, guys coming out of the student section, coming out of the crowd, just dogpiling, and you know, you just you have Cody Nolan on that team, and just just those those baseball teams are unbelievable, and just kind of set that tone, you know, 
for you know definitely the next i don't know how long patrick's you know just been out here just oh yeah they got a monopoly out there man so (laughs) they, they, they got it rolling for sure so i don't know i just you know i make this reference to people and it's it's very difficult jason for people to understand unless they were there um you and I'll just take my myself, and, and you're part of this group too, obviously. But um, I take the three sports that I played in, you know, while in high school, and, and I would say, arguably, if not, it's the truth. Arguably, I played for three of the winningest, the winningest coaches in the history of the Central Section: Tim Simons, football; Steve Terrapelli, wrestling; James Patrick, baseball. I mean, there's not a lot of people that can say that. And so it's pretty unique to, to consider, you know, when you look back at it 20 years later, it's like, you know, I got freaking pretty lucky, you know, to play for, for, for arguably the best coaches in the history of that area. Um, and I put, you know, I put my money on any one of those guys, you know, I mean, they were just very good at, uh, you know, what they did. And I was blessed to be able to play for, you know, three of the best coaches in the history of that, you know, school in, in that area. So. Jazz, both of our jaws just hit the floor when you uh, when you spelled that out right there. That's pretty incredible. I mean, you got some incredible coaching when you were so young. Yeah, you know, you don't know it at the time, and when you're you know you're young and dumb, and you think you know everything probably, and you go through those things, and you're just kind of, you know, you're trying to do the best you can. But when you look back at it, and I have that conversation with people, and it's like it's pretty amazing to to look back at it today and and be able to say those things. And and you know, I don't, I probably talk to Steve a lot more. You know, he just keeps in, in, in high contact, and we're always in touch. And you know, obviously, my brother helped out with wrestling there, and, and still kind of is around. And you know, I, I obviously keep in contact with Chris, you know, a little bit more, you know, as he's been coaching in that area. But you know, heck, I keep keep catching touch, touch with uh, Coach Patrick, and then really until uh, Coach Simon's kind of officially retired, even through when he was at Clovis North and those things. You know, I usually got a chance to talk to him, you know, a couple times a year, and. Um, you know, again, I can't say enough about the guys that I played for as far as the head coaches there. And, and, um, you know, just looking back at it, I mean, I, I got lucky. I mean, I can say that through and through. So. All right. Now jazz, we've, uh, we've covered a lot of names here, right? There's been, we've talked about a lot of guys <laughs> coming through this, you know, it's part of a legendary part of that, you know, of a big time program, but none of those guys won the Clovis high athlete of the year. <laughs> Yeah, I, maybe they were just giving it out back then. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, you know, it was a great honor in those things. You know, I never even really thought about it until it happened, and, and that's just kind of what happened, which was, you know, something that, uh, you know, essentially no one can take away in those things and, you know, was blessed to get that award. But uh, that, that's a tough one, you know. I mean, just, pl- again, you know, we referenced a lot of those guys, but playing with that group, I mean, they could have gave it to anybody, you know, quite frankly, and, and – uh, you know, I would have, you know, that was a, it was a neat time. Like I said, I mean, again, unless you were there and really knew, I mean, there was just a lot of athletes that played there and, you know, there was a reason a lot of those teams were good, you know, during that time period. So what would be your best high school sports memory? Oh man. Um, and there's a lot of them. I mean, it was a lot of wrestling road trips. You know, I got to play in the upper deck classic in baseball. I think that was, a can't remember. I think that was an Alex Rodriguez thing or something. It was in Southern California. And, you know, Coach Patrick rooms me and Seth Solis and Adam Matcham together. Um, so, he, you know, he, you know, he put all Southeast Fresno, Sunnysiders. <laughs> you know, we were all in one room, which was awesome. You know, enjoyed that. Um, 
You know, I don't know. You know, there's just, there's there's too many. You know, obviously winning Valley Championships was big, and, you know, that's kind of what you look back at. You know, it's just having an opportunity to be a part of a lot of successful teams and those things. And, um, you know, the, the thing that always sticks out is, you know, when I was – when we were freshmen, you know, I was playing – you know, Coach Patrick was a, base, or a football coach. He was coaching our freshman team. And, obviously, we were very, very good. And – you know, we used to go out to practice on Fridays and, you know, the JV and varsity used to play and, and, and freshmen used to play on Thursday nights or Thursday afternoons. And, and Friday we go out to practice. And I, I think most of the year practice lasted about 20 minutes on a Friday. And he, 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 he'd take a lineman. He said, all right, man, if you catch this ball, practice is over. <laughs> <laughs> and so here goes a lineman streaking down the field. If you caught the ball, practice was done. And I think most of the time those guys caught the ball. So we never even practiced on a Friday. <laughs> you know and and so just a, just a lot of good memories you know from that time so do you uh do you guys is that is that in the books on a friday practice at western colorado before game or is that not a <laughs> <laughs> you know that might be a pre-practice thing to get guys to stay loose but i you know there's never been a time where we didn't have a practice on a friday so so all right so right we talked about high school now right you I'll, I kind of never forget this. I I literally won't. When you loaded up the truck that morning to drive off to uh, Oregon, um, but why why Willamette out of high school? Well, yeah, I mean it's um, you know it was kind of the first one in my family to kind of I guess go through that process. I mean I had other graduates in the family, mm-hmm. um, obviously not when it came from. Um, I guess an athletic standpoint. So nobody had taken visits. Nobody knew how that process worked. Um, you know, so just kind of went through it, you know, and, and, you know, when I started looking at schools, I kind of wanted to stay in the area. I didn't really want to play junior college ball. You know, I was hoping I had a chance to play at Fresno state, which, you know, I got a couple phone calls during that time period to go over there, but nothing, you know, I don't think I was good enough. Um, you know, obviously they were, they were pretty loaded at that time and, and, um, you know, I was just looking to play, you know, I was, I was 17, 18 years old and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I went and looked at a handful of schools in Southern California, you know, some D2, some division threes and uh, a couple NAIs as well. And, and, um, you know, they were all good. They were expensive and, you know, it was just, you know, what you can afford and, and do. And, and, um, you know, and then, and then coach Simons had known Mark Speckman, who's actually a Central Valley guy. I think Modesto is where he was originally from, or Merced. I can't remember which one. And, and um, you know, they took me out, and, you know, I took a visit out there and really liked it. And they had a lot of guys, you know, kind of from California or, the, or kind of the Central Valley area. And, you know, they had, you know, it was a really good academic school. And, and um, you know, they had, you know, uh, they had some um, – going to law there and that was something I was entertaining at the time and, and um, just kind of made the decision to go there and and that's what I did you know and and uh, drove out there and ended up spending you know just my freshman year uh, there in Oregon so yeah I remember you know you loading up the black Chevy yeah saying goodbye and then just I remember just being weird you know going going in the Herm's room, your room was right next door. And then just, you know, so yeah. I remember sometimes Herm and I would, you know, when you were gone, we just kind of just hang out in the room, just kind of sit there and just, All right. but, um, so what made you come yeah, back? Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, you know, that's just kind of, you know, how that goes. I mean, it's just kind of part of the process and, you know, you look at opportunities to, to go to school and get to continue to play and, you know, all, obviously those things happen to everybody. So. 
Yeah. So what made you come back and then, you know, choose Fresno State? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I liked it, you know, there in Salem and, and, um, you know, enjoyed where I was at, good people and those things. You know, the guy that really recruited me down there or that I spent more time with, I guess, um, you know, that coach ended up leaving. Um, you know, I got to play as a true freshman and I, I did okay. You know, I felt like I was thrown in the fire a little bit. Um, you know, kind of felt like I was playing a little bit out of position. Um, you know, but I got a chance to play. I got to turn kicks and punts and, you know, played on defense, played kind of this hybrid at Rover, strong safety, outside backer kind of position and, you know, got to do those things. And, and um, you know, when it was all said and done, I don't know if I had anything specific. I just knew that wasn't the place for me. Um, you know, I had, you know, wanted to play maybe somewhere else and, and um, you know, felt like the best option for me was to come back to Fresno. And I actually, you know, I had called Coach Simons, but, you know, obviously they were full late in the spring. And, and I actually started practicing at Fresno City College, you know, and, and um, was practicing over there when I got back in May. And I think they started their workouts there in May or early June and started practicing down there and, and um, you know, went to their workouts with, you know, Coach Caviglia and, and that staff. And, and um, you know, it was it was fun for a couple months or whatever it was. And you know, then I get a phone call from Coach Simons, and he's like, hey, you know, there's, there's an opportunity for you to join the team here, and, and um, you know, we'd love to have you on. That happened, like, in July at some point, and, you know, unfortunately, I jumped ship on, on Fresno City at that point, and, um, you know, took the opportunity at Fresno State to be at a four-year, and, and um, you know, just jump right into, you know, trying to play there and, you know, moving forward with my degree, and that's what I did, so. No, I, yeah, I remember, you know, the Fresno State days, and Herm and I, your brother Herm and I, would you'd leave tickets yeah. for us at roll call, whatever, and yeah. we get tickets, and then you know got able because of that, because of your guys' relation, your relationship with certain players like Brian Morris and D Mesa, Bernard Barian, yeah. we were able to uh, you know go over their places and play Madden and video games, and you know if they are listening, they always lost to Herm and I. Was one thing Herm and I were always good at was video games. Sure, no, it was the same thing. You know, a lot of fun with that group and. Um, you know, it was, they were so good, um, you know, so competitive. You know, obviously, you know, at that point, yeah, you know, I didn't get an opportunity to play a ton when I got to Fresno State and, and no regrets, um, don't, you know, or anything like that. Just those guys were better than I was, you know, and, and um, you know, looking back at it, you know, I, I don't know if that was the right place for me to try to play. Um, I, I, you know, I wouldn't change my experience for anything um, because I was playing for Fresno State and, you know, I was – in my hometown with a lot of great coaches and a lot of great players and, you know, some friendships, you know, that, you know, are going to obviously last a lifetime and, and, and all those things. So I wouldn't change any of those things. It's just, um, you know, that group I played with was pretty special. And I, I got a photo from my senior year. I think there's, and, and this is just a, you know, a defensive secondary photo. I think there's nine or 10 NFL players in the photo of just our group, you know? So, it's yeah. like, well, yeah, you look back at it and you're like, well, yeah, there's probably a reason you probably didn't play as much as you <laughs> thought you were going to. So, you know, but it was good, man. I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, the uh, – so that was – was that 2001 when you officially joined the team at Fresno State? Yeah, you know, came in there with That's that quite, group. And, quite a year. Yeah, and that group was phenomenal. You know, I mean, they were good across the board. And, you know, obviously you got a number one draft pick. You got a bunch of other guys. Alan Harper gets drafted, I think, in the sixth or seventh round. Vernon Fox – 
I mean, you just, you have so many guys, you know, during that time period, um, you know, that had a chance to continue to play and Fresno state was kind of, you know, under coach Hill. I mean, they were, you know, kind of at the peak at that point, you know, and I, they had a lot of good teams obviously even before or after, but uh, you know, they were really good. And I mean, heck, that's when we were lining up playing anybody and, and anywhere and, and just, you know, lining up and playing football and, and um, just a really good group. So. Yeah, one thing when I think about that year, one thing that stands out to me is that Oregon State game. Right. <laughs> just, you know, the whole, it was oh, just yeah. a- absolute chaos. Crowd, you know, comes down, tears down the goalposts. I mean, do you, do you remember the, that moment, what, what that was like? Yeah, you know, I was a freshman, so, you know, we're all, you know, I was redshirting and, and had to sit out and, you know, so we're all on the sideline and obviously going, you know, going crazy throughout the game, obviously cheering on our team and those things, but. You know, I mean, it was just unbelievable to see, you know, I mean, I think at that point, I think Oregon State was top five and a couple of rankings and those things. And, and um, I think I, you know, were, we turn around. I think they were even preseason number one by like Sports Illustrated or something. Yeah, there, there was a couple different ones where they were top five in the country and a handful of things. And, and um, I, you know, I don't, it was so, it was so electric, right? Like, you know, you got David Carr and you got that offense that was phenomenal. Um, I think Paris Gaines was a running back. Josh Levi was back there. And then he, he had every guy to possibly throw to as far as receivers went. And, um, you know, Bernard Berrien, Charlie Smith, Rodney Wright. I mean, you're talking, you know, history books in Fresno State. And, and um, you know, obviously they were, they were very good across the board. And then, you know, the thing that sticks out to me, it's funny that you asked that. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a couple punts, you know, and, 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 um, you're going to, you're going to talk about Kendall Edwards, aren't you? Kendall Edwards. That's right. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the you know, back then the halo rule was, you know, you had kind of that halo rule and, and, uh, I don't know, maybe it towed the line a little bit on the play, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he lights up the returner and, 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 and the guy fumbles and, you know, another guy goes and picks it up and he gets up off the ground and, and, uh, you know, tags the next guy. He fumbles. They're lucky he fumbled out of bounds. I think that's what happened on the play. But you know, just there, there's there's memories like that that uh, you know just have been engraved into my head at the moment. Where you know I've shared those over the years with a lot of the guys that I've had a chance to coach over the last 16 years. So, yeah, I think they was was that even the hit that created the halo rule or something? I mean, that was it was unbelievable. He just lit that dude. Probably, up. Yeah, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't. Um, you know, and the same thing. I mean, what on the what an electric player he was, you know, playing uh, on defense and he was playing corner. And I mean, he was phenomenal on special teams. I mean, he was, he was a heck of a player too. If anybody listening is not, doesn't know what we're talking about, you got to go to YouTube and just type in Kendall Edwards hit and it will come up. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I still pull it up. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a great play to show effort and all those things. And I've done that with our team before. And this is what great effort looks like, you know, yeah, so. for, especially the way he didn't give up and go goes and hits the next guy too. Just oh yeah, unreal. <laughs> he was so fast off the ground, you know. So <laughs> what was uh, at Fresno State? What was your uh, maybe your top three favorite stadiums you played at? Being a part of those Fresno State football teams. Oh man, I mean they're bigger now, obviously, in those things. Um, you know, Oregon was one of them. Um, Oregon used to have that, and they still do. It's just expanded so much, but. They used to have that second tier upper deck, so it kind of hovered over the field a little bit, so everything echoed. It was so loud, you know, in that stadium. Um, you know, that was always, 
you know, a good one. Um, you know, obviously just, just over, the, you know, nobody likes to bring it up, but, you know, the, the going to Boise, you know, that place was always fun to play at. Hated the turf and all those things, but, um, you know, what uh, what great venue as far as, you know, to go play out. And then Oklahoma, I think we went there what, my senior year or junior year. Um, you know, went down there and, and um, you know, Wisconsin was, was the last one. So, you know, just, you know, I was, yeah, I guess you get lucky when you're playing for Fresno and Coach Hill and, you know, you, you don't care where you play, you know. And so that was always, um, you know, kind of a neat thing to do as a student athlete, you know, when you're, you're you know, 18, 22 years old, somewhere in there. No, oh, yeah. And I just, I remember, um, was it in San Jose, the Silicon Valley Bowl? Yeah, I remember Herman and I. We drove up there, and then we brought you back. But I remember going to that, and no, yeah, it was just a lot of fun times, fun trips. Um, you mm. know, it was always fun getting, you know, watching you and Herman and I would always kind of, you know, after games go out with you guys and you know your teammates yeah. and kind of just be a part of that. Um, but did you, when you were at Fresno State, when was the point where you decided like, hey, I want to coach football? <coughs> right. You know, my whole, I, I don't know, I think my whole life I wanted to be a teacher or a coach. You know, I felt like, um, and I wanted to teach high school and, and um, you know, I wanted to coach football, wrestling, baseball, all the things that I did. Um, you know, it's probably like my junior year or maybe even my sophomore year. I think, you know, as you go through that program and, you know, being around the mentors that I had, you know, obviously, you know, Coach Hill being the head coach. Um, you know, Dan Brown, you know, was our defensive coordinator then. And then Randy Stewart, you know, I played for Randy. Um, you know, I had J.D. Williams my, my first year as well, which I still keep in pretty high contact with J.D. And, and um, you know, I think just being around those coaches, John Baxter was another one I was really close with and still am. But, um, you know, they, they – they, hands. I mean, they turned boys to men, man. And, and they were very committed and, and just seeing – what those guys did as my coaches at that age, I wanted to do what they did, point blank. I mean, that is what happened to me and how I got down this path of coaching. The, and I, and Jason, you know this, I mean, I come from a great family, very supportive and all those things. So I'm not the other story, you know, where maybe it is a single parent home or, you know, no parents or whatever that's, I mean, I had, I had support and, but still, even with the support I had, the impact that those coaches had on my life when I was 19, 22 years old in that time range, that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't know if I wanted to coach in college or not. I didn't know if I could do it. I, I, it was something I was interested in. And the first step was to become a graduate assistant. And so for me at that age, it's like, okay, well, let me go try to find a GA position because that's the first step into college coaching at that point that was a big step and then I wanted to get my master's anyway even if I did go into you know education stayed at a high school level of um, teaching and coaching so it kind of let me you know get, you know kill two birds with one stone type of thing and, and uh, that's the path that I chose to go down and, and um, heck after I don't know after my last game at Fresno State in the bowl game I think five days later, I drove to Nebraska. You know, I mean, that's kind of what happened. So, so what's that process like of actually choosing where you're going to be the grad assistant? 
Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of letters, you know, a lot of, you know, my coaches there at Fresno trying to contact and see who had availability. Uh, you know, a lot of the rules have changed, you know, from that time period to now, you know, uh, now they have restrictions and, and those things as far as how old GAs can be and all these things. Um, you know, back then you could have two graduate assistants, um, you know, and typically most places were one on offense, one on defense, and that was it at a division one level. And so if they don't have any positions available, ultimately you had to wait until that cycle, um, you know, for that certain GA was up and then you had an opportunity to get into that. So it was difficult, you know, trying to get in. And I had a few opportunities where uh, even at Fresno State, you know, it's it's I had an opportunity to stay there, but I had to wait a full year at that point because somebody was already in the role and that's not what I wanted to do. And and um, and the same thing kind of at Cal, because uh, at that point, Ryan was over at Cal. You know, he was just finishing playing there. And J.D. Williams had left Fresno State and was a secondary coach at Cal. So I was talking to him about it at that point. And it was the same kind of scenario where, you know, you had to wait until we had a strength coach there that, um, you know, was like, hey, I know of a place if you want to just get into coaching. I mean, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's in Nebraska. And I said, sure, like, give me the guy's number or whatever it is and let me get in contact with him. And, you know, that's how I got it kind of kind of uh, got connected with the coaches there in, um, in Nebraska. At Shadron. So you end up in Nebraska, Shadron State. I remember the shirt. I remember you sending home gear. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but right, you you go on your GA there, and then you end up right. You end up becoming a special teams coordinator. Yeah, I mean, Division two football is so different. I mean, when you're a GA, you're coaching right out the gate. Um, you know, we had a secondary coach uh, when I was there. He coached safeties. I coached the corners. I was the special teams coordinator right when I got there, actually. Um, so kind of, you know, just jumped right in the fire. And, you know, at the, at the Division two level, I mean, you don't have 20 guys on staff. You know, I mean, you you know, a lot of times, especially when I started there, I mean, you have two, three full-time coaches, a handful of part-time coaches, and you have, you know, three, four, five, six GAs sometimes. And and so at Division two, you have a lot more GAs. Uh, so the rules were a little bit different. And, so that's what I did. You know, I was coaching the secondary, was a special teams coordinator, did our, uh, you know, all of our academic stuff. And, you know, then ultimately, um, you know, got hired right when I was finishing my master's degree at Shadron and, and, um, you know, spent the next three years there as well. So. And then, right. Like you turned that special teams program around, right? Like you guys became like one of the top division two special teams, like, right. Like leading like punt blocks and stuff like that. Correct. Or. Yeah, we were really good. You know, I got a chance to get around some really good players that uh, bought in and, and to what we were trying to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I took what I had learned at Fresno State from John Baxter, who's our special teams coach and, and coordinator and, and uh, implemented everything there, you know, that we had done. So, you know, for me, it was like, you know, home away from home. You know, and we were teaching the same stuff. A lot of stuff we were doing internally in the program. I was working for Bill O'Boyle, who's the head coach there. And, you know, he wanted to know a lot of things that we did at Fresno and why we did them. And, and so he kind of incorporated a lot of that stuff that we did with Coach Hill, um, you know, into Shadron at that point as well. So, Jazz, we talked about all the incredible coaching you got in high school, but mm-hmm. to be able to uh, learn under John Baxter, I mean, he's one of the – when we're talking special teams, he's one of the greats. So, I mean, that, that had to have helped you later on. You know, he's an incredible teacher. Um, and that's what he is, man. I mean, he is an educator through and through. Um, 
you know, very good football coach. I mean, I don't know if it really matters what he does, you know, as far as his career or anything, he's going to be successful. Um, you know, he, he, he has a vision, he puts a plan together, he follows that plan and he gets a lot of other guys to do it, you know, and that's a difficult thing to do. Um, but he made special teams fun. Um, you know, when I was at Fresno and that's what I tried to do when I got to Shadron and, you know, at that point still, you know, I, I wouldn't say Shadron spent a lot of times on, uh, you know, on their special teams, you know, when I first got there, but, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to work for coach Boyle and he let me kind of do whatever I wanted with those units. And I think once we started having success and him seeing how good we were getting at those, he kind of just let me run with it and do kind of whatever I wanted. So, you know, we had been, you know, we, it was a handful of years, you know, we led, we were top five in the country in, in punt returns, kickoff returns. I think during my five years there, I think we blocked 30 or 35 kicks in that five-year span, which, you know, that's pretty good. Um, you know, about, you know, roughly averaging about, you know, six, seven kicks a year, roughly. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I think the players that I coached there loved it because it was something new and they all bought in. And just like anything, when you have success with it, it kind of runs itself pretty quickly, you know, and that's kind of what happened there too. So – there's a name, right? If you go and look up Shattering State and you look at alumni for football, there's sure. a name that, right, most people in that area know. And there's not, right, like it's it's not very often Division Two guys make it to the NFL, but then also sure. make a splash, make a name. What was it like with Danny Woodhead? <laughs> it was like watching a video game. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what it looked like, you know, and I mean, he just, he was an incredible player there. Uh, that played on a incredible team, quite frankly. I mean, they were good across the board, and, and they were very good up front, and you know, a lot of good skilled players. But obviously, he was exceptional. Um, you know, game breaking speed, ran away from everybody and anybody. Um, and it, you know, that's the majority of his career. He did that. I came in here. I think I came there when he was. Yeah, my first year there was he was going into his sophomore year, so he just got done starting his freshman year I think he started I don't know eight nine maybe he started all the games I can't even I wasn't there so I, I can't remember but um it's like watching a video game man I mean he's he was you know he was a short shorter kid uh built extremely well extremely athletic fast strong um I mean you couldn't tackle the guy I mean you go back and watch his highlights in college I don't I don't at least the three years I was around him, I don't think I ever saw anybody take a clean shot on him, you know, and, and it's, you know, there was moments of he'd make five guys miss on a play. I mean, that was like routine. And so it wasn't like it happened every now and again, it happened all the time when he got to the second level with linebackers and secondary and everything else. So it was just, it's pretty nice to have a guy like that on your team. I know that. <laughs> all right. So you're there. And then all of a sudden, right, it's, I guess it's time, right, Western Colorado calls, right, for defense coordinator slash special teams coach. Was it – what made you kind of, you know, make that next jump, that next move? Yeah, it was tough. You know, I was young and, and um, you know, I was just – you know, I was five years into coaching and, and um, I felt like it was just time. You know, I really enjoyed the people I worked with and the teams I was on. I wasn't necessarily, you know – I wasn't like necessarily thrilled with the area I was living in as far as Shadron, Nebraska went, but uh, everything else about it, as far as the things I was associated with, there's, it was fun. And, and um, you know, when you're winning and doing those things and part of a great staff, I mean, 
it just makes you want to stay. And, and um, I think I had it exhausted everything I could possibly do as an assistant coach there. You know, at that point I was coaching the secondary, uh, I was handling equipment. I was doing our academics. I was special teams coordinator. I was doing all those things. And, you know, we had a, a defensive coordinator. Todd Hour was our defensive coordinator there. He's actually our defensive coordinator here at Western as well now, but uh, you know, it's, he did a phenomenal job and, and, I didn't deserve his job. I didn't want his job. It was just time to go, you know, and, and uh, that's what I did. Heck, I picked, you know, I packed up my truck and the same guy that had gotten me connected in Chadron with those coaches is the, was the defensive line coach at the time at Western Colorado. And, and he was our, he was our assistant strength coach at Fresno state when I played. So he called me, he's like, Hey, I got this opening. We're looking for a coach. Would you be interested I said, sure, you know, I'll, I'll take a look at it. Didn't mean I was going to take it, just take a look at it. And, and uh, you know, got interviewed and where it was in the middle of recruiting. So we're kind of on the road and got interviewed at a hotel. And, you know, a couple of days later, got offered the job. And and um, same thing, packed up my truck, got, got in there in the middle of winter and drove to Gunnison, Colorado. Real quick, before, <clears throat> before we jump into the Western Colorado story, you mentioned just now that you were doing at Shadron, you were doing academics as well. Now, was that a John Baxter thing as well? Cause I know he had the uh, academic <laughs> game plan. It, it absolutely was okay. actually. So, um, took a lot of the stuff again, uh, a lot of stuff that we were doing at Fresno state, uh, with our team and that program, you know, like I said, we tried to implement a lot of those things there. And, and that was one of the things, you know, coach Boyle, that was his first year being head coach. He had already been at Shadron for a long time, but, uh, you know, he felt like it was time for a change in a lot of the ways they were doing things. And he wanted to change a lot of that stuff. And, and um, so he was always asking, how'd you guys do this? How'd you guys do that? You know, and then he liked those things. He wanted to implement them. And so I, heck, I did academic game plan at Chadron. You know, I've been doing that since I was a player now, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, we implemented there and, and um, did that with the program. And, and um, you know, obviously they were, they're pretty good there academically. Um, even before I got there, but I think uh, that helped a lot of the kids that were there that, uh, you know, ultimately probably would have struggled a little bit more on their own. Yeah. All I've ever heard is that anybody who implements it just has great success with it. So it's a great program. <laughs> um, I would advocate for it through and through. So you guys are doing it at Western Colorado now too. Yeah. It's like I said, I mean, um, you know, I did it for five years at Shadron and this will be our 11th or whatever year it is at Western doing the same thing so that's cool i mean at this point that's just as much of baxter's legacy as as special teams is absolutely and um you know again like i said he's a great teacher um you know it didn't matter what what the subject was or what what was that uh what was on the line i mean he's he was heck of a teacher and i i've been able to take a lot of those things that i did learn from him and implement them you know into the programs that i've been around now so so you go to gunnison colorado Explain Gunnison, Colorado. Just explain Gunnison, Colorado. <sighs> Gunnison, Colorado. It's uh, west of the Rockies. Um, so we're about three hours west of Denver. Um, I guess in the summertime, in, in summertime or spring. Wintertime, it's a little bit longer going over to Denver. But we sit between two ski resorts, um, Crested Butte Ski Resort and then Monarch Ski Resort. Um, town of, I don't know, eight, nine, ten thousand. 10,000. Elevation, roughly almost 8,000 feet, highest collegiate stadium in the country. Um, gets cold, snows, does all those things basically through the winter. 
pretty hard to beat here in the summertime. It's about 70 degrees basically from about April to November, uh, maybe March to November. Um, you know, so a small town, a lot of, lot of outdoor recreation, you know, around here. Um, Colorado is a very active state. I mean, you know, it's uh, hiking, biking, riding. I mean, you name it, they do it here. And, and we're kind of in the mecca of a lot of those things where a lot of people travel to, you know, travel here to do that stuff. Uh, hunting and fishing is incredible. Um, the largest body of water in the state of Colorado is about eight and a half miles, nine miles from here. So a lot of traffic uh, throughout the wintertime, um, you know, for the, you know, skiing, snowmobiling, um, snowshoeing, you know, all the snow activities. And then in the summertime, again, just the largest body of water being in the state, you know, only a handful of miles from here. There's just a lot of traffic here. Um, so very, very touristy in the area that I'm at. Sounds like we should be with you right now recording this there. <laughs> you should have. You should have <laughs> came out, man. <laughs> so. All right. So you go to Western Colorado your first year, right? Your special teams coach, you're the D coordinator. Talk about your first it, year there. It was rough, man. Um, you know, new staff, you know, obviously new faces, new staff, new personnel, a lot of those things. So just the transition part. You know, was um, was difficult. Um, you know, I'd say there was a lot of things that I thought I'd be able to do here that I just wasn't um, able to do that first year. So it made it more challenging in the position that I was in, and, and some of the things that maybe we were doing, um, you know, just made it difficult. We weren't very good. Um, it was challenging, you know, and then ultimately trying to trying to install a you know, new special teams, new defense. So at that point I was kind of handling two thirds of what our program was doing. And, and, um, it was tough, you know, and, and really enjoyed, you know, the guys I was uh, coaching and, and, um, you know, coaching with and, but it was, it was tough. It was tough to incorporate a lot of that stuff. We had some, you know, pretty close games and, you know, lost on some, you know, last minute, fourth quarter type of stuff where we, we just weren't a good team to overcome some of those things and, and, um, you know, lost a lot of games that year. And, and so it was challenging. So the, the, what happened with the head coach then this, after that first, that first year you were there? Yeah. So staff was let go. Um, after the last game that week, that following week staff was let go and, and, you know, myself and at that time, uh, Mike Imoni was our defensive line coach. Uh, he had actually played and coached at Shadron as well, and he was over here with me. And they kept us on here to kind of keep the program afloat until a hire was made. And, and so we were kind of doing that, you know, and, and, and we, well, quite frankly, we started doing it our way as far as the things that we knew and, um, you know, what we felt like should be done in the meantime as far as workouts and accountability and a lot of different things. Um, and so we did that until, you know, they were done with their hiring process and, and, um, that's kind of what happened. So what happened? <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I wasn't going to put in on the job and, and, um, you know, I was going to try to stay here. Um, and try to possibly get on with the next head coach. You know, that was kind of what I was looking at doing in the meantime. Obviously, you're kind of putting feelers out there to see 
what other opportunities you may have because there's no guarantee the next guy keeps you on. And, you know, the process was kind of going through here starting in November and, and, um, you know, I was kind of back and forth. I was, you know, wasn't sure. I didn't even actually contemplate even applying for the job. And then, you know, I'd been talking to a few of my mentors and guys that I knew in coaching, like, and he's just put in on the job and what are they going to say? No, you know? And, and, uh, so I went and talked to the AD at that point, um, and, uh, told me, you know, I want to put in on the job and, and, um, I'd appreciate it if nobody knew. And, um, you know, part of my reasoning for that back then was, is, you know, that way, if I didn't get the job, I still had a chance to maybe get in with the next head coach. Cause you know, it just makes it awkward. Right. I mean, if you're a guy that applied for the job and you don't get it and then you're trying to get on, I mean, it just makes it awkward probably as far as a relationship goes with maybe the next guy. And, and, um, so I went through that and told them and, and, um, you know, I think the AD at the time was pretty glad I applied. He was wondering if I would, I just wasn't sure if that's what I wanted to do. And I had just been a coordinator for, you know, a year essentially, as far as defense went, and, you know, felt like, uh, you know, I needed to do that a little bit longer and, and, um, but, you know, I was back in California, matter of fact, you know, and he called and he said, Hey, we want to interview you. This is going to go very fast. And I'm like, well, I just got back here. It was literally over the, you know, Christmas break, that holiday time. And, and, uh, I just got back there and you know, I ended up coming back early and, you know, they flew me back and, and, uh, went through the interview process as far as the committee went and all those things. And I think a couple of days later, I think I got hired, you know, and, and, um, that's all she wrote. That was back in January of 2011. During that process, was there ever a time where you were like thinking about maybe coming back just a, like maybe, you know, not coaching college, like maybe coming back coaching high school um, or any of that, or, you know, it's funny that you said that, um, it, it, it did happen here around that time. Uh, it did happen in Shadron too. Uh, Tim Simons had asked me, you know, when they were starting up at North to come back with him there. And I was literally just finishing my graduate assistantship at Shadron. And I was like, coach, like I just took the full-time job here. And I think I want to try this before, you know, I come back and, you know, come back to, to Clovis or Fresno and, and, you know, back home, I guess. And, and, uh, and then it came up again, uh, roughly around that time period. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was always on the table, you know, where, um, you know, that opportunity, if it presented itself and I was looking, you know, I was always going to take a look at something like that. But, um, you know, at that time I just, you know, was set on coaching in college and trying to stay at that level. Cause I know it's, you know, it's hard to get back in if you get out sometimes and you just don't know what's going to happen, you know? So, so you're now all of a sudden a head coach of hmm. Western Colorado, right? And, Let's be honest. We'll be quite frank. The program wasn't the greatest program when you took it over. Yeah. Right. Not a lot of, right. It just didn't seem like there was a lot of culture, a lot of, right. Like just a lot of things yeah, looked like it tough, had to be changed. Yeah, absolutely. I, and you know, they, they had interviewed a few guys for the position and, and I think they offered a, you know, a few guys a position and I don't think they wanted it. You know, I think that's kind of the story, you know, of what happened at that point. And, you know, for me, I was young and dumb and I could change the world and I could coach and I was going to outwork everybody. And, you know, that's what I was going to do, <laughs> you know? And, and so, um, yeah, that's what we did. You know, we put a lot of time and effort into the program when we started and, you know, obviously still continue to do those things, but, um, you know, kind of had to start from scratch and, you know, implement the culture we wanted in place and, you know, the standard we wanted in place. And that took some time. 
um, you know, and, and we, we essentially missed, you know, that 2011 recruiting class. And so our first class was really, you know, that 12 recruiting class because, you know, I got hired, I don't know, second week of January. And at that point, back then, they used to have the five-visit rule, you know, where you could only take five visits. And Division two, I mean, it's unlimited visits. You can take as many as you want now, so. So, right, your your first couple of years, I remember you guys were, like, right, you guys were winning, like, one game, right, two games. Yeah, yeah, we struggled. And then, you know, you guys got to a point where now all of a sudden, like, you guys were competing for, like, league championships, right? Like, now all of a sudden, your defense, your special teams, one of the top in Division two football. Just talk about, you know, just building that, changing that culture. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it wasn't until, you know, that 2016 year where we had, you know, essentially, you know, four or five years with that same group, you know, where we got a chance to kind of mold them and, you know, take them through the process and teach them of the things that we wanted to get done in the program. And, and you know, going into that year, that was probably le- legitimately, Jason, that's probably been the, the year that we had a chance to compete for the conference championship. Um you know, so a lot of three-year, four-year starters in that group, um, you know, that just, you know, we played them as freshmen, and they kind of were the best guys there the remainder of their career and, you know, kept doing those things. And, um, you know, it was a special group that year. And, and um, you know, other than that, prior to that, I mean, we struggled, you know. I mean, it was challenging and, and um, you know, trying to get the right guys in the right spots and, you know, you're – in an environment where it was difficult here in Gunnison and, you know, you're not winning games and, and, um, you know, trying to retain guys and keep them on roster and make sure that they're continued and, you know, to buy into the program was, was difficult, but, um, you know, 16 was special and we had a really good group and, you know, had a chance and, you know, felt like, uh, you know, that's probably been the best group that we've had since I've been here. So. Now when you're out, uh, coach, when you're out recruiting, are you strictly mm-hmm. looking at this level? Are you strictly looking for best player or do you, is it, you know, has to be the right fit with eight, with every guy? A fit is always number one. Okay. You know, I mean, it's, if, if, if we don't feel like they're going to fit our program, we don't recruit them. I mean, and that's a challenging thing. And there's no, there's no right or wrong. There's no, um, you know, we've, we've recruited some very, very good players that ultimately maybe wanted to come here, but they're just not a good fit. So we wouldn't offer those guys, you know, I mean, it's, it's challenging to recruit that guy. And then ultimately after, you know, a semester of those guys leave and then you're out of player and you're starting all over, you know, and, and uh, you know, division two, you just carry a lot more guys, you know, um, division one has that 85 scholarships and, you know, obviously the 20 or so walk on and I'm not saying their jobs are easier, just, um, you know, for us, I mean, you have scholarships that, you know, range anywhere from $500 to ten, fifteen, eighteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. You know, it's all based on the kid and where they're from and how much it costs that specific, you know, specific kid to go to school. I mean, there's, so there's a lot of things at our level that are a little different. So you talking about that year, that 2016 year, you guys had a, a special running back on yeah. that team. Um, yeah. Um, you know, Austin Eckler was our tailback. Um, shoot, that would have been from, you know, it was 2013, I think it was, or 2012. So 16, 15, 14, 13. Yeah. So he came in 2013 and started as a true freshman and started for the next four years. And, and, um, you know, very, um, very similar, 
uh, uh, let me let me say this: uh, a lot of similarities to Danny Woodhead. They're not the same player, but there's there's some similarities there. Did you when obviously when you guys are recruiting him, like is there like is there ever that like do you see that? Do you be like, hey, this kid is like just a special talent? Like this is a right because anytime you get a Division two football player and he goes on to the NFL, I would imagine that's at a flat out steal. Because right, you have in in football you have the Division One, you have the FBS, then you have FCS, right? right? Like to get a kid at Division Two, like that caliber, right? Like is or is that somebody who just right who just flat out just <sighs> outworked everyone and just you know late bloomer? Like just explain that. Uh, yeah, I mean I, that's a hard reference. I mean he was unbelievable in high school. He played at a small um, Eastern Colorado school, Eaton High School. And um, I think they were classification in Colorado's 5A down, 5A being the highest. I think they were 1A or 2A. I can't remember what they are. Um, I mean, his film is incredible. Man. I mean, it, a lot of the things that I described with Danny, you know, very similar with Austin as far as you can tackle the guy. He's faster than everybody. He made five guys miss every other play. He scored. He averaged 40 touchdowns a season you know, rush for whatever yardage he rushed for every year and, and ran away from everybody. So we started recruiting him his junior year. And when it came to his senior year, had the same type of season. And he came up on a recruiting trip in, in early December, actually, and um, really liked it. And ultimately, you know, had a couple questions after he left here. And he gave us a commitment in December, you know, and so he didn't, he didn't want to go on any other visits. He didn't want to see other places. A lot of schools tried to come in on him late, and he just wasn't interested. And part of that was is, you know, people didn't think he could play running back. People wanted him, you know, a lot of coaches wanted him to play corner. They wanted him in the secondary. And so they didn't think he was a running back in college, and I think a lot of people shied away from him because of that. And, I mean, we thought he could play on defense because he was freakishly athletic. But we really never even entertained that idea here. We just wanted to recruit him as a tailback. We were going into a year where we were going to bring in about three or four running backs, and we knew a freshman was going to play that year because we had just graduated a senior in Jermaine Daniels. And, and um, you know, so we knew a freshman was coming into play. And, and uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, he was in that top-tier list that we were going to look at, and that's what happened. I mean, the kid moves out here, I think, day after high school graduation, and he comes to the weight room and he's stronger and faster than essentially a lot of guys, if not everybody, um, you know, starts as a true freshman and never looks back and the rest is history, you know, and rushes for whatever he rushes for 5,000 yards or so in his career. And, and um, you know, scored a lot of touchdowns and, you know, was an all American and, and, and all those things. And, and um, pretty, pretty special player. Absolutely. No, that's just, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's just, it's crazy to think that, you know, a guy from the Sunnyside area, you know, hmm. Southeast Fresno is, yeah. you know, is coaching probably arguably the two best division two football players, right. In our time period, like, I don't know of any, like who've had the impact that Austin Eckler or Danny Woodhead have had. And you, you know, like you have a relationship with both of them and just, it's crazy to think. Yeah, it's pretty wild, you know. And obviously, you know, when when I was at Shadron, Danny was there, and and um, you know, so they had recruited him there and did a great job. His brother had played there as well, and he was there as well. I think he was a senior or something. But uh, 
you know, and, and I really enjoyed that. He was, he was a lot of fun to watch and, you know, obviously on some great teams and, and those things. And then, you know, I think for me, obviously Austin's is a little closer because, you know, we get a chance to recruit him here and obviously spent a lot of time with him here and, you know, and, and now obviously keeping, you know, still keep in touch and see him. I mean, I saw him, you know, two weeks ago while I was in Las Vegas doing some recruiting cause he was down there and, and, um, you know, so got a chance to, to have dinner with him and his mom and his brother because they were down there as well. And, and so, we, you know, we try to keep in contact, but, you know, yeah, that goes. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. You know, he's a professional athlete. And, you know, we're over here trying to coach. and so You don't get a lot of time to do some of this stuff either. So, but uh, it is, I will say, I got I, I got lucky, man. <laughs> I did. And uh, to be around those two players that played in the NFL and one still does, I mean, it's, it's a pretty neat thing. So, you know, talking about, recruiting right there's actually i know you know you one of your goals is i remember talking with you you want you know get more players from the central section central valley mm -hmm. get some kids i know you have you know two kids uh from central on your roster um you got another one coming your way and kyle biggs's mm -hmm. nephew and then you know you got a kid from uh madera just talk about that just you know trying to get you know kids from you know fresno to gunnison yeah, it, you know, it's tough. You know, I've, I, I've you know, unfortunately, I, I still recruit down there, just not as much. Um, you know, just having now been recruiting for 15, 16 years, yeah, I felt like I tried my hand in the Valley. Um, I tried my hand in, in, in Fresno. We just couldn't get any kids out of there, you know, and I don't know what it was. And, and, and this was, you know, dating back to when I was at Shadron and we just could not get any kids out there. I think I got one kid out of Fresno. He's actually from Sunnyside High School. Uh, Quinnell Atkins was his name. He was a little receiver, punt returner, kickoff returner. Wasn't he like five uh, foot two or something? He's about five five, maybe. I remember watching uh, him in high school. Know, he was an unbelievable yeah. athlete. He was a yeah, and he was a twitchy kid and all those things. And and uh, he was the one that I got. Otherwise, I did a lot of recruiting in you know Southern California. And and um, you know basically, I, I I did all of our California recruiting back then. And so I just didn't have a lot of luck. I always had luck with Bakersfield, you know, Bakersfield South, but I never really got into Fresno much. And, and, and so it's going to sound bad, man, but, you know, ultimately, you know, when you're limited in coaches and money and those things, as far as recruiting goes, you know, at some point you, you pull the plug in the area because you're not having any success there. And so that's kind of what we did is that we kind of got away from that area then and, kind of did a lot of our recruiting in Southern California and we still do. And then, I don't know, a handful of years ago, uh, and I think now maybe two, three years ago, uh, we got back into the Central Valley a little bit, trying to rebuild that connection and, and do those things. And the coaches have been awesome. Uh, I've seen the Central Valley and uh, even, you know, Coach Hammond there at Clovis High School. And then, you know, obviously Kyle at Central. I mean, we played together and, and uh, you know, we have a few of his guys on our team and, and, uh, you know, they've helped, you know, throughout that process, but it's kind of neat, uh, emailing coaches in that area. Cause you know, it's like the intro email and, and, you know, you tell them you're a, you know, Valley native and, you know, you went to Clovis and Fresno and, you know, some of those guys that still coach there, you know, we, we played against a long time ago. So they kind of remember you and in, in, in those things. And, and so they've made it pretty easy as far as that process goes too, but it's challenging. You know, the division two thing, in California is very challenging, especially in the central Valley. Cause you know, if you think about it, most of those schools don't know anything about division two football. There's, there's nobody around you. You know, there's nobody, there's not a lot of D two schools. I mean, 
you know, back then, I think what, at one point, I think Cal Poly was D2. Obviously, they're FCS. Um, I think UC Davis at one point was Division II. They're FCS. Uh, I'm not real sure about Sac State. I think they've always been there. You know, Azusa Pacific, you know, which, you know, is in Southern California. Well, now they don't even have – they dropped football. So they don't have football there anymore. Um, and then I'm trying to think, you know, all the, you know, the long beaches, the savannas and all, all those schools that used to have football, they just don't have it, you know. So you have your handful of Division One schools and that's it. So I think it's hard to recruit guys for Division Two because they just don't know a lot about us. Um, now in Southern California, a little different because I think everybody, a lot of Division Twos do recruit down there. And so those kids are a little bit more apt to, to get going. But you know, we're not going to give up. You know, I'm hoping we can pull, you know, two or three kids out of the Valley every year and give them an opportunity to come out here and, you know, be able to play. And, and so we have, you know, from, from central, you know, we have Jameson Silva who's on, you know, he was a starting quarterback in 2000, what was that? 19 on that state championship yep. team. Um, Malik white who went to central high school and then he was at uh, Fresno city college receiver for a couple of years there. He's a receiver. Um, you know, he, he's here now. He'll have two years left. And then obviously Casey James, um, Kyle's nephew, you know, is coming out to, to play offensive line. Uh, Wyatt Roth is a linebacker out of Madera high school. He's here. And then it's kind of weird, but you know, we've had some transfer junior college players that essentially have came from the central Valley originally, you know, as far as where their home's at, they might've played at, you know, a different junior college, but we've had a couple of Ventura college guys, um, you know, that, you know, they, they want, they live in from, you know, Visalia, Redwood area. So, okay. <clears throat> but we got to go. Ahead. Yeah. I know a guy, I don't think you recruited him, but I think he was there when you first got there. Buchanan kid, Seth Wilson too. I do. I recruited him here actually. Okay, Nice. So we, we've had a couple, you know, and it's the same thing, right? He's, he's a junior college kid that comes here out of Fresno city college and, you know, so we've had a few guys like that, and you know, I think they've, I think thoroughly they've enjoyed their, their time here and the opportunity to continue to go to school and play football and do those things, um, you know, and hopefully we can continue to track kids from the Central Valley because I'd love to obviously continue to get guys from the Valley. It's just climate's different, man. You know, I mean that's what it is. I mean, you know, you go from Fresno heat, Central Valley heat to you know, living at 8,000 feet and it snows and it's cold and, you know, all those things. I think that's a big transition for these guys a lot. So, yeah, it's a huge difference, but also it's, you know, it's more life experience. It's something different for them to experience. <laughs> right. And, you know, right. as you mentioned all the outdoor stuff, a lot of guys love that stuff here too. So, mm-hmm. so no, yeah, it just, you know, I think hopefully, you know, we can get more kids from Fresno, you know, and get more opportunities you know, with Kyle at Central, you know, Matt Giordano, uh-huh. who you played against at mm-hmm. Buchanan, you know, so. Yeah. But, go ahead. Yeah, I think, you know, ultimately just, um, you know, one, it's 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 hard. It's the, the, the difficulty of pulling kids out of there. That, that is what it is. That's any place, you know. I think as, uh, as we can continue to do this, you know, obviously I'm going to try to focus on that area a little bit more and, you know, you got to spend more time, right? I mean, if they don't know a lot about you, that means you got to do a better job as a recruiter as well. If uh, you haven't been in that area in a while, and you know, that ultimately falls back on me because I'm the one who recruits that area. It's it's very difficult D two wise because you just don't have big staffs, you know. So you're limited in time and resources and personnel and all those things. So you got to kind of handpick your areas and just stay in them and call it good and get your guys out of those because you just run out of time. No doubt. So, 
The one thing is, so hopefully we can continue to do that there. So the one thing I love is like I know your boy Clint. He's always rocking Western Colorado gear. So that's the one thing. (laughs) Yeah, old Clint Walbeck, man. So he's a he's a character. You know that that it's funny. You know I still talk to a lot of those guys. You know and um, you know there's a handful that we keep in touch and you know talk to pretty regularly. So they usually follow us pretty well and and uh, you know hopefully we can continue to do that and. and, you know, keep spreading the word about the university and the program here. But, uh, you know, Fresno's Fresno, man. I mean, that's, that's, that's always home, you know, and, and that, you know, that's never going to change no matter how, you know, people talk about it or feel about it or whatever. Um, for me, I mean, you know, Fresno Central Valley, I and mean, that's home to me. You know, I'm, I'm a Southeast Fresno Sunnyside guy, you know, that's where I grew up and I am proud of it. And, and, um, you know, it's always going to be home and, and that's why I always enjoy when I do get back and, you know, get the chance to, you know, see some people and connect and see family and friends and do those things. But uh, it's always weird going back to the heat, I'll tell you that. So, yeah. Coach, you got 10, 10 years as a head coach now at one school. Mm-hmm. I got I, I haven't seen a list, but I got to imagine there's – you're the – you know, that's at the higher end of the list there as far as guys who are at one place, you know, for that for that amount of time. Um. Yeah, you know, I think – um guess it depends on how you look at it. You know, I've had some opportunities to, to go to some other places and, you know, be a coordinator, special teams coordinator at some division ones and position coach at some division ones. And they, you know, they just weren't the right fits at the time that, you know, I had those opportunities. And, and, um, you know, for me, if it's, you know, when the time is right, um, you know, maybe I would move on. Uh, it's gotta be the right place, the right time, the right fit. Um, but, if you're you know, happy, I, I, if you're happy, you're happy. Yeah. Though. Yeah. You know, coaching is coaching in my opinion, you know, and this is not coming from a disgruntled division two coach or anything like that. I enjoy what I do extremely uh, a lot, you know, and, and, you know, I enjoy where I'm at. Uh, I enjoy the kids I'm with, you know, my wife, kids are here and, and, um, you know, we enjoy it and, and there's things that we miss and, and all those things, just like anybody would, but um, you know, when it's the right, place and it's the right time you know that's ultimately you know you get to make those decisions whether you want to stay or go at that point but um you know I've, I've enjoyed it and you know if a different opportunity came up at that point I would take a look at it if it was right but um you know I've enjoyed it and, and you know whether coaching here or coaching high school or you know coaching division one or whatever that you know aspiration is for anybody I mean I've just enjoyed what I'm doing and feel like I've, you know, been able to positive, you know, positively in, in uh, you know, affect kids and, and help them through this process when they're 18 to 22 years old. And, and um, that's the part that I've enjoyed the most. Cause you know, heck I can go coach anywhere. I can go coach high school football, or go coach junior high or peewee football anywhere. But I like this age bracket and I've enjoyed, um, you know, being able to do that with these, you know, kids in this age, age bracket. So I've really enjoyed it. No, I appreciate it. That's no, good stuff. And Jazz, you know, you know, I love you, man. And absolutely, buddy. Family, and I, you know, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. You know, I know you're a busy man and busy schedule, and you know, you got your family and stuff. And so, just you know, to take the time to you know talk sports and just to get on the podcast, I truly appreciate it. I appreciate you, you guys having me on, Jason, and and anything for you. You know that I love you guys, love your family, and you know, obviously, we've been close for a long time, and and um. 
you know, for me, I mean, you're talking about something back home again, you know, and, and so for me, I want to be a part of anything like that. And, and, um, you know, we'll always go out of my way to do anything like that. Um, you know, when it comes to the Valley in that area and, and, um, you know, that's, it's always home for me. So, you know, it's a, it's a pretty special place and I want to continue to try to be as involved as I can there. Um, you know, I don't live there, so it's a little different, but, um, I follow your podcast. I, you know, I follow obviously Fresno state and everybody else in that area. And, um, you know, that just won't change for me. So I appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Appreciate it. Jazz. Thank you again. Yeah. Thank you guys. Talk to you later, Jazz. You've been listening to the off the bench podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at pod off the bench.